Hello, everybody. This is Mike Van Meter, and welcome to the Recovery is Possible podcast. And I want to thank you for joining me. And you can reach us at our Facebook site, which is also called Recovery is Possible, or our website, which is vanmeterwellnesssolutions.com. And this podcast exists to educate the public about addiction, remove the stigma associated with addiction, and offer help and support to those suffering from addiction. And as you know, this podcast is brought to you by FHE Health, a substance abuse and mental health treatment center specializing in treatment for the first responders' needs, including PTSD, anxiety, and substance use. So take the first steps to a better life today by visiting FHEHealth.com. That's FHEHealth.com. And folks, what I'd like to talk to you today is about, I want to talk to you about the concept of HALT, or not being hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. You know, if you spend a lot of time around uh, 12-step meetings, you're going to hear a lot of acronyms. And as many of you know, I'm working at a, a treatment center in Maryland right now and working with the patients and actually doing much of the psychoeducation for the patients while I'm there. And I'm finding that a lot of the patients that come through have never heard of the acronyms and the one-liners that you often hear about in 12-step meetings. And it's a shame because uh, they're pretty pithy. They're really just to the point. They're very good. And there's a lot of tradition and knowledge and frankly, some wisdom that goes into many of the sayings that you hear at 12-step meetings. And I know when I first came into recovery, I found a lot of them corny. I'm not really sure if I like them or not, but as time went on, I realized the wisdom in a lot of them. And what's nice about the comments that are out there or the the one-liners that are out there is particularly in early recovery when you're just still kind of swimming and detoxing and and your brain and your body are just healing and getting back to balance to where it needs to be. Keeping things short, simple, and sweet oftentimes is just the best way to go because it's easy to remember. And in the times of need and those times when you think that you might go back and relapse, it's just easy to to remember some of these things. It kind of reminds me back when I was in the military, when I flew in the Navy, that whenever we had an emergency that would happen in an aircraft, uh, everything was just so simplified. Because in a time of stress, in a time when you... Uh, really just had a lot of pressure on you and it was hard to think and think quickly, then it was always easy just to go back and remember the simple things and just follow those steps and follow the sayings and get through, in our case, the checklist in an aircraft. But in your own life, sometimes in that stressful period, it's just a good way to, to remember what you need to do. So obviously, and we talked about this before in this podcast, that when you are in early recovery in particular, but really just at any point in recovery, um, it, it's going to be the stresses that that put you out, right? That, that take you back out and, and relapse or cause you to relapse or it, it contribute to a relapse. And there are certain things, particularly in that first year of recovery, that you're going to want to avoid. You're just going to want to avoid because it will help you stay focused and not fall into the pitfalls of the thinking, stinking thinking, right? That's one of the the hallmark uh, sayings that's out there, that stinking thinking that's going to take you back out. Because ultimately, a relapse starts in the mind. It doesn't. It doesn't come up overnight. You know, what's funny is, uh, you know, you don't you don't just drive home one night and your your car doesn't malfunction and then automatically with its own uh, free will 
pull into a 7-Eleven and you go in and buy a beer and you start a relapse. It doesn't start that way. Your, your car doesn't isn't programmed to do that. What happens is it starts in your mind and then over a period of time, you just start to convince yourself that you either got it, you know, you, you can drink safely or you can drug safely. And, um, then you'll just decide that you can go out and do it and you can do it once or twice. And you, and you're, you think that you can do it because people around you can do it. The normal drinkers, the, the people that can take moderate amounts of drugs, uh, can do it. And you're just thinking, well, you know, I can do it too. I'm not different from these people. And then you convince yourself that it's okay. And then you go back out and you do it. But there are things that will contribute to this thinking process if you're not careful. And one of the things that will contribute to that is allowing your your body and your mind or your situation to fall into uh, situations that are absolutely preventable. And although we cannot prevent all things in life, there certainly are things that we can prevent. And that's what I want to discuss today. And that's the concept of HALT. And you're going to hear that a lot in uh, recovery circles. You're also going to hear that at recovery centers. If you've been through a recovery center, maybe you've heard this. But if you go to enough meetings, you're certainly going to hear this. And that's the idea of HALT. And these are the things that you want to avoid. And if you avoid these things, then you're greatly going to increase your chances of not relapsing. Now, the first of these is H from HALT, and that's you want to avoid allowing yourself to get overly hungry. You know, you don't want your blood sugar levels to drop. You don't want uh, your, yourself to get to the point where you start obsessing over food. Because when that happens, there's just something that goes on in your, your brain and your body biochemically that makes using sound like a good idea and feel like a good idea. So you absolutely want to avoid allowing yourself to get hungry. So throughout the day, balance your meals, plan your meals, and really start thinking about eating a little bit less, but more often. Hopefully that makes sense to you. You know, here, particularly in Western cultures, we've gotten this idea that eating really three big meals a day is what we ought to be doing. And there's a lot of reasons why that's actually not a good idea and that's really not the way that we should eat. If you think about it, babies don't eat that way. For those of you that uh, have had small children or have small children at home right now, you know that a baby doesn't eat that way. A baby eats a smaller amount, but throughout the day. And really, that's the way that we should all eat, is just a smaller amount through the, the day. And it's good for us because it keeps our blood sugars level. It keeps um, us not obsessing over food. And it's just easier on the body. But studies have shown that it really helps reduce cravings as well, because that's what we're doing. We are really focusing on really reducing the amount of cravings that we have. So the second thing that we want to avoid is the A portion of HALT, and that is angry. We don't want to be angry. The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous actually talks about this, and that is that resentments are the realm of normal people, and we are anything but normal. Um, we, we can't afford to have resentments. So along with being hungry, another thing that will contribute to us going out and relapsing is being angry. So we want to avoid that. If, you're, if you know you're going to go into a situation where you're going to be angry, and that could be anything. It could be 
uh, visiting someone, not visiting someone, doing something that you know is going to make you angry, if you can prevent it by any means possible, avoid it. Do not go into a situation where you know that you're going to be angry at, at someone or something. Now, I know that you cannot always prevent that, but if you are in a situation, remember, we're doing everything. We're trying to put the odds in our favor, in other words. We're trying to put the odds in our favor. And if I know that by going to a particular dinner and there's going to be somebody there that I don't particularly like or I have a grudge against or they have a grudge against me, then avoid it. Avoid those situations. It may mean that we don't go to Christmas dinner. It may mean that we don't go to that party. It may mean that we uh, we don't go to a particular function if it means that we are going to get angry and that could lead to a relapse. So we have hungry, then we have angry. Then the next thing that we want to avoid is being lonely. We don't want to be lonely. <clears throat> One of the things that happens when you are in the midst of your addiction is that we become isolated from others, from other people. Addiction equals isolation. And we want to avoid isolation because isolation equals loneliness. And it's that that time where we start to dwell on any problems that we may have, those resentments that we may have, the anger that we may have, and we want to avoid that. We want to avoid being alone. And that's why the meetings... That these 12-step meetings that we're talking about are called fellowship meetings because it's when we're fellowshipping with other people and being around other people and helping other people. And that's going to be very, very important because it's by connecting with other people where we find that we get out of our own head, we get out of our own problems, we get out of all of the situations that, that drag us down, and it helps us to connect with other people and studies, again, have shown that by being connected with other people, it greatly increases our chances of success at sobriety. So we have, we want to be, want to avoid being hungry, being angry, being lonely. And that's by, you know, connecting, connecting to people through meetings and meeting people at meetings and then um, staying in contact with them, eliminating that isolation. And then we also want to avoid being tired. And that's the T. In halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. With that, we know that we want to avoid being excessively tired because we know that by being excessively tired also contributes to us developing a craving for alcohol and for drugs or whatever our drug of choice is. And we want to avoid that. You want to avoid being tired. So getting the proper sleep is very, very important. And by the way, that's not even true just for people in recovery. That's just true in general, that by getting enough sleep, it, it keeps us uh, from being on edge, from being angry. It also has all kinds of physiological benefits. Uh, we raise our uh, serotonin levels, which we know uh, higher levels of serotonin contributes to a feeling of wellness, which is going to be important in recovery, especially in early recovery. And it helps our body heal from the damage that we've done to our body. And that's, that's done during the sleep process. That's why we sleep. There is no one that I've ever met that has come into recovery that actually gets the proper amount of sleep every day. I I've, I've, don't know anybody that falls into that category. And I know a lot of people are going to say, that's not true. I pretty much spent half of my day in bed, if not more, when I was using. So I was sleeping quite a bit. And that's actually not true. You weren't really sleeping. 
You know, being in a blackout, being unconscious is not the same thing as getting deep, restorative, regenerative sleep. And that's what we need. And you really want to work on getting into a schedule, getting into a routine. And that's at at the treatment center where I work. uh, And this is true of all the treatment centers for that matter. That's something that is really worked on. And that is getting people into a routine, following directions. And part of that routine is going to bed on time. A regular time, a set time, and getting up at a set time. And in that, in between, we're really working on getting that restorative, regenerative sleep that is so vital to recovery, especially early recovery. And that's the tired portion of it. So there you go. Yeah, you want to avoid being hungry. You want to avoid being angry. You want to avoid being lonely. And you want to avoid being tired. And that's the acronym HALT. And so with that, folks, I know that uh, this is something that is is put out routinely at recovery meetings. But, you know, particularly with COVID, uh, people aren't going to meetings. People aren't uh, getting the contact with another. They're not learning. And that's that's really among all of the other damaging things that COVID has done to us lately. The fact that people are not learning about recovery and learning the things that we are discussing here on this podcast is a real detriment to people that need to be in recovery. And that's why I felt compelled to have this discussion today so we can start teaching people the things that they would have normally been hearing at meetings and in treatment over the last year. And I know that this is going to help a lot of you out there uh, as far as you know how you approach recovery and You know, folks, just take that to heart. It's not going to guarantee anything. It's not going to guarantee that you'll get sober, but it will certainly contribute to you being sober. And it's just one more tool in that toolbox that you can use as we battle this really devastating disease, and that's the disease of addiction. So, guys, again, this episode has been sponsored by FHE Health. According to SAMHSA, first responders are 30% more likely to develop behavioral health conditions like PTSD, FHE Health specializes in getting first responders better and cleared for duty. So find out more at FHEHealth.com, FHEHealth.com. And with that, folks, uh, as I'd always like to say, I don't represent any group. You know, I know I talk about groups, but I don't represent any group, and I'm not favoring any particular group. I want you to uh, explore all of the different types of groups that support recovery out there. They're all great. They all help people, and I want you to check them all out. I don't represent anyone other than myself, and my only purpose in giving this information is to share with you what I've done because it's helped me, and maybe it's going to help you too. So if I've said anything that doesn't apply to you or you don't agree with, then just discard it, but try to take any information that you can use for yourself and help others as well. That's what we do in recovery. We help ourselves along the way, and we help to impart the knowledge we've gained to others as well. Uh, with that, please visit our Facebook page, which is Recovery is Possible, and our website, which is VanMeterWellnessSolutions.com. Let me know if I'm doing um, uh, covering everything you need to uh, hear about. If not, just let me know, and I'll see if it's uh, something I can't cover in a future podcast, because I'd love to hear from you. Guys, with that, take care, and I will see you next time.